Hello, 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 New Haven, and welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. I am so excited to be here today. Um, I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, by the way, if you haven't listened to this show before. I'm so excited to be here today with Joe or Joey or Joseph. You probably know him by many names, Rodriguez and Tiana Ocasio of Puerto Ricans United talking about the 2023 Puerto Rican Festival of New Haven, which is happening next Saturday um, on the 12th, August 12th, on the New Haven Green, the historic New Haven Green, starting at 1 p.m. And it goes for eight hours, y'all. So if you can't get your butt down to the green for like part of that, I, I don't know what's going on. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But I'm so excited because I think that of everything Puerto Ricans United PRU does during the year, including a beautiful, beautiful gala that y'all just had last week, um, this is, I would say, the banner event. Is that is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is our signature event and our year-round activities lead up to this significant you know, uh, event that occurs on the green on August 12th. So let's hop right in and talk about how the festival sort of like, I want to talk about how the festival came to be, because it is not um, contrary to what some folks maybe believe or have heard. It is not the first of its kind. It did have precedence in the community. And I think it's really important to lift that up and recognize uh, the people on whose shoulders that you know, PRU is standing, um, but also it has grown and evolved in, in just like really beautiful, exciting ways, despite the fact that there was a global pandemic, right? So so let's talk about that. Let's get into it. Um, take me back to the seeds of the festival and how it's grown. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because um, um, PRU, um, we're a firm believer of giving respect where respect is due. Um, and as you said, we stand on the shoulders of others. And in the last several years, we've honored a lot of those pioneers through our gala because of their work. Um, so um, next year, believe it or not, um, the state of Connecticut will celebrate 60 years since the first Puerto Rican parade in Connecticut. Not New Haven, but in Connecticut. But New Haven had a rich part in history of that statewide parade because at one point we did have a connecticut statewide parade um and next year we're celebrating 60 years of that first parade in hartford um here in new haven you know for the last um you know 30 years or so uh, if not longer um the parade the pageant the festival has has had a, a, a deep history uh, people like Marta Rosa, Fanny Taylor, Nelson Cruz um, all played a significant part um, in the old Puerto Rican Day Parade of New Haven, um, which again has roots dating back from the 80s, early 90s, uh, if not if not longer. Um, so we do stand on the shoulders of others. And it was in 2015 um, um, that I um, had a cookout. <laughs> I was at a cookout with Jonathan Rivera, who's a board member, and Edwin Martinez, uh, another board member. We were at a cookout, and uh, Jonathan said, wouldn't it be crazy if we relaunch 
a festival uh, and it happened over burgers. It, it literally was, we were eating burgers and kind of reminiscing because it was summer. So we were reminiscing about, you know, prior previous summers in New Haven and the parade, the festival, uh, the Louisa Longworth, which had a deep history in New Haven. And we were reminiscing and then we had that crazy idea and he was like, well, Joe, you know, you are highly involved with the statewide Puerto Rican community. So what do you think? And then fast forward, Four months after that conversation, I put out a call on social media and said, if you will join us in this cause, um, we're happy to lead it. And Tiana, um, Migali, Eddie, Edwin, Frank, many of the members that are currently with us today answered that call back in 2015 and said, all right, let's do it collectively. Um, so... And here's where here we are today, right? Uh, uh, I'll yield to Tiana, who can talk about the progression over time, because uh, she's been here since day one, too. But yes. um, that's sort of how it was yes. created. Um, there was a 10-year hiatus since we relaunched it. Um, and we're here now. Yeah, for, for me, I remember that phone call from Joey when he, I think he was at the barbecue when he called me and he was like, we're going to do this. We're going to have a meeting next week. I was like, let's do it. Um, we're all leaders here in New Haven. We're all from New Haven. And people just kind of kept asking. We all kept on getting these same asks. When are we going to do Puerto Rican Parade in New Haven again? And even though we're not to that level where we can have a parade, um, the festival, I think, gives so much more. I love seeing, you know, the children's faces and the grandparents that come out, you know, seeing the multi-generational um, growth uh, definitely makes me happy. COVID did put a huge hamper in that, you know, people didn't want to bring uh, their parents around and stuff like that to try to keep them safe, even though we tried um, to still try to celebrate in some way the second year. Um, I think uh, it's, it's really heartwarming for us because most of us are friends from before we started PRU. So to do this with friends, I think makes it even, even more rewarding. Absolutely. And Joe, you mentioned Flechas or the Fiestas de Luisa that happened. It like for a while at Kimberly Field and then Long Wharf and then Sports Haven. I feel like there it, it moved homes a number of times. Um, and, and so I'd love to know also from both of you, you know, what growing up Puerto Rican meant to both of you, because some folks, I think, grow up uh, maybe, maybe very proud of their cultural heritage. Maybe they feel ambivalent about it. Um, but then once they get into their professional jobs, they're like, I just don't have time for like, like maybe I have time to celebrate my culture within my family and within like my extended family, but I don't have time to run a whole dang festival. And one thing that I want to uplift is all of the board members in Puerto Ricans United are volunteers. Um, Almost all of you, like I feel so blessed to know that all of all of you have full time jobs, um, and then also families, right? Which is mm -hmm. a whole other full time job. Even though in this country we just don't compensate people for that labor, and so, um, you know, for you, what did it look like growing up Puerto Rican, and why was it so important to not only hold that identity but share that identity and make sure that other people had a safe space to celebrate that identity. So, you know, yeah, so, you know, for me, um, it's, um, 
it's a bit different because, you know, and I often share this because a lot of folks don't know, unless they know me personally, um, my father's Puerto Rican, my mother's Italian. So growing up, while the Puerto Rican, um, you know, uh, my Puerto Rican side was always present, especially living in New Haven, with said Puerto Rican leaders, with said festivals and parades, that side of me, I was always exposed to it at a very early age because it was, it was right there. It was in front of me. I can touch it. I can feel it, right? Um, but it wasn't until I started volunteering um, for people like Maritza and Fanny, and I know I spoke a little bit about this at the gala, um, but it was those people who really got me in tune to what's behind the flag, Right. Like what it means to go to a festival. It's not just to celebrate. There's more to it. And it was people like Fanny and and Maritza Rosa and Gladys from Hartford and others. Kevin Diaz, who I remember at an early age, I always saw Kevin doing Bomba Hiplana growing up um, or in high school. So um, it was those individuals who made me identify, explore, and really find and learn more about that Puerto Rican culture. And again, I said it at the gala, if it wasn't for those in individuals, um, I probably wouldn't be as connected or in tune to the culture um, as I am today. Um, and again, that's how I was exposed to it, because they were there. So I was volunteering at 16 years old at the Luisa Festival in Flechas. Um, you know, um, I went all the way from, you know, the the volunteer putting up the fence, right, to closing the street. So I earned my stripes to being like an assistant stage manager, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's that's sort of you know how I sort of began in this cultural arena. Um and again, I'm I'm blessed for it. Tiana. Uh, for me, it's a little different. I'm first generation here on mainland. Um, so my my mom and my and my father were both born on the island, and we traveled back and forth to the island um, a few times a year. I spoke Spanish, even though I was born here. And when I started school, I barely knew any English. Um, it's kind of sad. Uh, but they put me in private school, and then we moved back to Puerto Rico. So it was like total culture shock. I lived on the island until I was going to go to high school. And then I came back. So for me, when I was here again and for high school, going to the festivals, I ran for Miss Puerto Rico of New Haven. Oh, God. But yes, I did. Um, I it, think that's wonderful. Don't say, oh, God. Well, I'm not going to police your language. Um, but, when what year was that? No, just don't go up here. <laughs> it's okay we're all friends here i think it was 98 i think it was 98 um we did it at van dome <laughs> fenny was my coordinator that uh, joe keeps mentioning fenny was also one of our founding members when we first started until she moved to florida um uh fenny fenny's amazing she was a great mentor to to many of us on the board uh she's like our godmother i think right joe would you say she's like our godmother um, let me see. So when I, when I moved back here, uh, being able to stay connected to my identity and being able to express it more, I think, because I actually had experience living on the island. Um, you know, I could help people with their Spanish or I could help the kids in bilingual class a little bit more. And I kind of felt 
like I was a liaison to some of my friends who weren't so connected to their heritage. Um, but I'm very happy to be here today. It's a pleasure to to be able to do this for the community um, that I grew up in, you know, and then I'm still here. I still live in New Haven. So right. <laughs> I, I, I would also love to ask about, you know, how you see this dovetailing into the New Haven community, because I'm so proud that New Haven's a very diverse place. And Joe, you know, this is this is something we have talked about. And I, I want to talk about how under your leadership, I've also seen like PRU is rolling up to places where I haven't seen the, the board before, um, like the Caribbean Festival, like the Freddie Fixer Parade, which is really exciting. Um, so I think there there is that idea of a very big tent. And then at the same time, I think Tiana, like the even the discussions that we're having around public education, um, which in, in parts of this country and in parts of the state is like super endangered, are different than the conversations we were having five, 10, 20 years ago. And so how how does the work that PRU is doing, you know, with but also beyond the festival dovetail into like what you're what you're seeing in the city because New Haven has a huge and beautiful and I think very proud Puerto Rican population. Well, again, for me, um, you know, I, I think I thought it was important, um, and the board uh, expresses, you know, the same sentiment um, that we have a role to play beyond just celebrating. Right. Our mission, yes, is to promote, preserve, and celebrate the Puerto Rican culture. But the second part of that mission statement is while actively engaging in community service. Um, so looking at it from that full mission statement, um, you know, we have some work to do. And, you know, if we're real with one another, we know there's some political differences in the city, some political divides, depending on perhaps who you support or don't support or maybe where you live. So we it was important for us to look beyond the politics as members of the community. And I don't care where you are, music, art, and culture is universal. So there, we felt that there was space there to grow, right? How can we use that, that space of art, culture? New Haven's such an art city, um, so much happening. So how can we use that space um, to um, form bridges that perhaps were always there, but maybe not walked on. Um, and we found that space through Puerto Ricans United. And I said this not too long ago, you know, when we saw that the Freddy Fixer was relaunched and, you know, they were coming back strong after the pandemic, um, it was no questions asked. We were going to be there. Um, we said, let's do it. Um, you know, um, a lot of our young ladies who competed in the pageant consider themselves Afro-Boricua. Um, and beyond that, um, we're one community. So we easily, we quickly said, let's do it. Um, we had a, we were, Sienna knows she was there. We were, you know, well-received. Uh, I think at one point people were dancing to our music and and they loved it. And people were screaming, we'll be at yours too. And I heard people screaming, when's your festival? So they loved it. So, uh, and then that spilled into the Caribbean Fest. Uh, and there, it was nothing but love from the organizer of the Caribbean Fest when they said, listen, not only do we want you there, we want you to be on stage, promote, work with us. Um, and, you know, as they know, you know, that, that love um, 
you know, it's, it's reciprocated, right? So I know from speaking to one of the organizers, Tracy, with um, the Freddie Fixer, I know she's planning on coming to the Puerto Rican Festival. We spoke just the other day, so the conversations are continuing. But again, I think that's what initiated is that, you know, there's space, this art space is, it's so universal. People love music and art. So that's what, we saw that opportunity and we we took it. I think you're also hitting on the fact that art is often like it it is often a teaching tool and a door, like maybe a door and a window. Um, so folks who maybe wouldn't engage with another culture off the like from the get are are more likely to engage through arts and culture. I'm sure that there's some study proving that. Um, I just don't have it on me. Um, but, you know, I, I think about, and you mentioned Kevin Diaz, who is an amazing, amazing human being, and we're so lucky to have him, and the Bomba workshops that he has led all across the city for people literally from like five years old to probably 95 or 105 years old. So, and and it's like, you're never too young or too old to learn about the history of a place through its music and through its culture. Um, so speaking of music, let's talk about who will be taking the stage at this year's Puerto Rican Festival, because it is a nonstop lineup of artists from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Saturday, August 12th, which is pretty amazing. And I feel like one of the things that I noticed every year and especially noticed last year was there's like there's something for everyone. Like if Bomba isn't your gospel, although it should be because it's amazing. Um, like, like stick around and you may hear something that sounds more like Bad Bunny. Absolutely. Uh, and that's done intentionally, by the way, um, to ensure that everybody who experiences the festival that day um, has a little something to take away. So as our colleague Edwin says, Martinez, who's our vice president and our stage manager, you know, he wants everyone from la abuela the grandmother to your grandchild to enjoy themselves and we try to instill that in the music and the layout we have you know different activities on the green but we we try to do that intentionally with the music so um tiana do you have that list in front of you or do you want me to spin it off i do not have the list in front of me okay <laughs> i have, right. I have I thought, some I thought, of the folks i see johnny I have, rivera I and you know, Sagara. oh you you're like i'm ready border you are ready yeah, I just ready. I thought Tiana might have had it like on her bumper or something, you know. <laughs> I got caught. Oh, it's fine. Um, so yes, it's <laughs> over six bands throughout the day, and it's a little bit of everything. So we're gonna have uh musica tipica, uh typical traditional music, um, played by um Juan Carlos, Carlos Juan El Lunatico, who's a New Haven guy. Um, he will be kicking it off with some musica tipica. Uh, we mentioned Kevin Diaz. Uh, you know, Kevin will be there with his uh, group, uh, Movimiento Cultural. They will be there doing some bomba y plena. Um, we also have um, uh, DJ Red with Bomba Radio, um, uh, which is a Spanish language radio station. They'll be doing some DJing for the younger crowd. Uh, so they'll be doing some mixes. Um, but we also have some big artists coming into New Haven this year. Um, you know, uh, George Lamont, who for the freestyle lovers, uh, I know freestyle is a sort of a New Yorker, New York thing, but uh, uh, freestyle is very big within the 
New Yorkian or mainland Puerto Rican community. Uh, George Lamont will be singing some freestyle as well as some salsa. He's he does both. Um, he's coming in, and then directly from Puerto Rico, literally flying in from Puerto Rico, we have three separate bands. Um, we have Rica Swing, which is merengue. You know that fast space. I saw you dancing it on the at the gala, Lucy. So I know I know I know you know what merengue is. Um, and then we have uh, two salsa bands, um, Nino Cigarra, uh, who is uh, living in Puerto Rico. Uh, Nino is a uh, Grammy-nominated composer, uh, singer, artist. He's been doing it for generations. Um, Nino will be there. And then, of course, our main act, um, uh, uh, salsero uh, salsa artist Johnny Rivera, um, who has always been around, very active since the 80s and 90s, and in recent years, have he has blown up again and has been touring Latin America, um, and he will be visiting um, and, and headlining it. So salsa, merengue, bomba y plena, DJ, you name it, we'll have it. Oh, good. I'm sorry, I was muted for a second. I'm Yeah, I'm, I was going to say there really is something for everyone. And then in addition, I want to say in... You know, I feel like in keeping with PRU's mission to educate and also to do public service, and I'm sorry, there are dirt bikes going down my street, so if, if folks hear that, um, there are also, there's a tent from the, I think it's the New Haven Health Department. Um, so we have uh, over, believe it or not, over 30 booths on the green that day. Uh, but yeah, the New Haven Health Department is a proud sponsor of the 2023 Puerto Rican Festival of New Haven. Uh, <laughs> quick shout out uh, to Mertza Bond and Ralph Ramos and the leadership team over there. Um, and they will be there uh, providing swag, giveaways, um, as well as health resources. Uh, the New Haven Department of Arts, Culture, and Tourism for the first time this year is also a major partner. Uh, so uh, shout out to um, the city uh, for stepping up big time this year um, with city departments partnering with us officially. We've always had an informal relationship and partnership with the city, but I feel this year in particular is one where we sort of formalize a lot of those relationships. Um, but yeah, no, we'll have over 25 vendors from arts and crafts to a lot of our sponsors will be giving out free swag. Um, they'll have games, we'll have a face painter. So there'll be a lot of arts, a lot of fun happening, a lot of dancing happening um, on the green. I also, yeah, I, I mean, Joe, you mentioned the Department of Arts, Culture and Tourism, and I want to shout out Adrienne Jefferson, who started her role in 2020. And so she had like one month of normalcy, maybe like three weeks of normalcy, and then of course was thrown into COVID-19, as were all of us. And one of the things she has done is the city's cultural equity plan. And I love thinking of the fact that the work that PRU is doing and that you have been doing like out of the goodness of your hearts and often of your pockets as well is finally being uh, like recognized and I hope supported by the city. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and like I said, the city since 2016 um, through what, two different administrations now, um, we've always had some level of partnership. Um, but it was this year in particular and last year that the city stepped up, um, you know, in a financial sense where helping us, uh, you know, um, apply for 
cultural grants. Um, and that's something that we're attempting to, you know, dive more into as a 501c3 cultural organization. Um, in the past, it's been difficult because we're a volunteer board and a lot of the grants are time consuming. Um, but the city, you know, um, put forth um, a very simple process that I think a lot of art organizations that's experienced similar issues, right, with just the lack of, you know, having staff to do it, uh, have been able to benefit from. Um, I know they, you know, dished out, I think, two rounds of groups that are receiving dollars and because um, they're, they're making it much easier and streamlining a lot of those grant processes. So, yeah, we've been on the receiving end this year in particular, um, which has been very helpful. That, that helps us with, you know, our talent, providing cultural activities, youth activities. So it, it's been really helpful and, and we're, we're extremely um, thankful to the city for stepping up in that capacity. Yeah, I so uh, before we go on, I want to remind listeners that if you're just joining us or if you've been here with us, this is WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, the New Haven Independent Sister Radio Station. And um, this is Arts Respond, a collaboration with the Arts Council of Greater New Haven. I'm Lucy Gellman, and I'm here with Joe, Joey, Joseph, Rodriguez. Do you have any other nicknames I should know about? <laughs> The other ones are not worth mentioning on here. <laughs> um, and Shiano Ocasio. And we are talking about the, the very good work that Puerto Ricans United does and the upcoming gala, on, sorry, not gala, the upcoming festival on Saturday, August 12th uh, from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the historic New Haven Green. So I also want to ask both of you about how this festival really dovetails into and and hopefully feeds some of the work that PRU does year round. And I will say some of that work is events that have become pretty consistent in the community, like a Three Kings Day celebration. And some of that work is very responsive to the fact that um, this country, I'm I'm choosing my words carefully, um, that this, this country has maybe not always provided the help and infrastructure to Puerto Rico and to Puerto Ricans in times of crisis and even in times of not crisis. And so um, let's talk a little bit about about the work that PRU is doing all year. You wanna go, Joey? Or you want me to say, want me to start? No, go ahead, Three Kings and Paranda, (laughs) go ahead, talk. Yeah, we do a barranda at the end of every year to celebrate Christmas. If you didn't know, in Puerto Rico, Christmas lasts the longest time than, and think any other place. Is that correct, Joey? We literally start from Thanksgiving and it doesn't finish until January 20th or 21st. So (laughs) that's how long we celebrate Christmas in Puerto Rico. So we start with the parranda and then we end with the Three Kings Day event (laughs) that we normally do for the kids at Casa. Casa has kind of turned into our staple place to do our Three Kings Day event. Um, It's nice to have the residents from uh, Casa. Predominantly, I think most of the residents there are Latino. Um, Don't have the exact percentages, but I can almost... Uh, promise you that a very high percentage of them are Latino. And so therefore, most of them celebrate Three Kings Day and it may not be so easy for them to 
buy presents for all of their grandkids. So it's nice to have them come in with their grandkids and pick out gifts and things of that nature. And just people from the community in general, because it's open to the whole city. Um, but it's nice to connect it with with uh, the, the nursing home. We just restarted the pageant, as you know. I know you uh, alluded to that, which is great. But besides that, we do a lot of other things. Like it could be Joe might get a call from a school that's short on backpacks, and we're always there for the call. Um, or a summer camp that you know needs a little extra money. Um, we're we're always willing to help anywhere anywhere that we can. The gala that, that you were just at, of course, is one of our favorites, but a lot of people love our social events. Um, prior to COVID, we were doing them more on a regular basis. We did one so far this year, but hopefully maybe next year we'll be able to get more into uh, doing just regular social events for the community, which is fun too. And I will also say um, PRU, certainly in, in recent years, has really stepped up as a partner with other groups. Um, so not only like CASA and the New Haven Public Schools, but also last year, I know that y'all partnered with the New Haven Pride Center to bring Pedro Julio Serrano, who is an incredible LGBTQ activist from Puerto Rico, to New Haven to speak at Bregamos Community Theater, which is an amazing space if folks haven't been there. I should just have Raphael on for another another episode of the show. Um, yeah, so. Uh, and that's, you know, so we, we look at PRU sort of in, in three areas, right? We have the festival, um, which is our signature event. We have these smaller cultural events that Tiana alluded to, the Paranda, the Three Kings Day. And then we have that, that community engagement piece which up until recently, the community engagement piece was just a lot of us just volunteering at different events, be it turkey drives, food drives, et cetera. But in recent years, since we've been blessed with the amount of support that we've been given from foundation grants, as well as more importantly, our private sponsors, we receive a lot of financial support from private businesses who believe in us. Um, so um, we've been able to do a lot more um, charitable donations in recent years because of that support. Um, so, you know, you mentioned, you know, the Pride Center, um, that was a win-win, you know, uh, it's someone who is respected in that community and someone who's doing uh, great work. Um, and it was a conversation that we as Latinos need to be having. Um, so uh, when Juan Carlos reached out, um, we said, yeah, let's do it. Um, but we also reached out to, you know, we talked about Bomba Plena earlier. You know, we reached out to Kika Matos um, and her and her team, um, um, Proyecto Semaron. We did something with them back in March um, around Afro-Boricua culture and the commemoration of the abolition of slavery in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, we had over 500 students at Fairhaven Middle School um, that joined us for a lecture slash uh, dance, you know, sort of event. Um, so we worked with them. Um, you know, when Junta um, put together their Turtle Village summer camp last year and, and was looking at exploring how to get money, you know, we quickly stepped up and donated financially to them. Um, Art Day, um, Inc., through the leadership of Dave Greco and Danny Diaz. They've been doing amazing work through Art Day for many years. Uh, we partnered with them in the past financially to support some of their 
Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, like I said, listen, Puerto Ricans United, we don't own the Puerto Rican culture. We're sort of a conduit, right? We we just help spread the love and promote it. But there are organizations in New Haven that have been doing this work in one way, shape, or form for years. I mentioned Junta, I mentioned Danny Diaz with Arte, um, you know, um, Bregamos, you, you know. So we're just trying to fill the fill the void. If there's a void, we're gonna try to fill it. Or if we could enhance something that one of our Latino-based agencies are doing, we're gonna help enhance it. And that's what we've been doing. And as you saw at the gala, Lucy, it was on full display because all our community partners showed up that night, um, which which made it very special that evening. And and I also want to say you said something that sort of resonated with me, which is you know Pierre, you feels no ownership over like New Haven's part. Like you you have never said to me we are speaking for the Puerto Rican body of New Haven or the or the Puerto Ricans of New Haven. And one thing I think is really beautiful is between your board members, you probably have uh, like a dozen different opinions about what you'd like the future of Puerto Rico to look like and, <laughs> and, and the future of the Puerto Rican community in New Haven to look like. Um, and, and that is something that I will say also comes out at the festival. A lot of folks um, roll in with the black and white version of the Puerto Rican flag, which represents Puerto Rican independence from the United States. Um, and, and then other folks maybe don't feel that way. And, and so it's, um, I, th I think even at the festival, there are a lot of like really interesting conversations between folks and crosstalk that takes place both on and, and off stage. But I am wondering, you know, what do you hope to see for the future of New Haven's Puerto Rican community and, and then specifically for PRU and the future of the festival? Because I don't, if last year was any indication, if the gala, which was sold out, was any indication, if the upcoming festival is any indication, it's going to be around and thriving for a very long time. You pray that's that's the case. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the steps that we're taking as a volunteer organization um, is to ensure that long-term success, right? So, you know, we're we're ensuring that, you know, you know, all our applications and sponsor lists and and budgets, like, you know, we're 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 trying to do it in a way where if Joe and Tiana leave tomorrow, someone could actually access a shared drive and run with it. Um, I think the, you know, the issues that we've seen in previous years was because, you know, the prior generations who were at the helm of those organizations um, didn't help bridge that leadership gap. So when they left, you know, we didn't understand or how like to take over a festival or a cultural organization. So we're learning from a lot of that and, and making sure that, you know, when we leave, that there's a a booklet, quote unquote, right, that we can say, all right, this is what you need to do to, to keep it going. Um, and that's what we hope for. Um, we hope that we continue to promote and preserve uh, and celebrate our history. Um, it's an ever-changing history, right? Every year there's, there's something different, something new to learn. We're always constantly learning. But in learning new things, we also have to respect and remember the past. And we try to bridge those two and everything, everything that we do from the gala and who we honor and who we acknowledge 
to the festival by bringing new and older artists from our work with GASA and in creating uh, two years ago, we volunteered to help them do an intergenerational summer program where kids were actually making cultural masks with seniors, you know, so uh, again, and that's actually GASA, I, I mentioned partners earlier, GASA is a, a tremendous partner, uh, Hispanic firefighters of, of New Haven. They've been running the Three Kings Day celebrations in New Haven much longer than all of us. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's another part that I want to give a shout out. So I think my my personal goal is exactly that, is for us to continue to explore ways that we can work with one another. Uh, all too often in our society, we focus on the differences that divide us, um, you know, and since I've got this cultural bug that bit me a few years ago, I'm much more concerned or focused on you know focusing on what unites us what our similarities are uh and how we can continue to work with one another yeah i don't think, yeah i don't think joey could have said it any better um i know you you alluded to the differences in a lot of the board members and the people who come to the festival and i think that that's also so beautiful is that we're able to have that space. So um, I don't feel ostracized. Tell the story about the flag last year, the different variations we've got. We have people reaching out to us upset because the different variations of flags, it's, you know, that we display. Well, you we also do. rose a flag on the green last year as as well and i remember even someone like at that because there was a press conference the mayor was there a lot of folks spoke um yeah. and someone got in like a heated i'm i'm sure i mean i'm i'm sure that yeah but i do think it's beautiful and tiana i i brought that up because i love like i love that there is that space for discussion mm -hmm. and it it never ends in anyone being like well i'm gonna go fight you in the parking lot it, and yeah. then people being like, oh, wow, I, I've had these realizations and I've, I've come to a space and, of more mutual trust and understanding. Yes. And some people just don't know. So once I start to explain right. to them, you know, the light blue flag is the original flag before it became a con then, you know, light bulbs start to go off. But people, um, people get very upset. However, on the actual city hall building is always another beautiful flag hung so we have two in new haven and the one that they hang on the building is the dark blue flag um the one that we normally raise on the green is my flag so that's why i get a lot of hate mail myself no i'm just kidding um that flag is uh the light blue flag that we normally raise on the green just it goes back to the united aspect of puerto ricans united um you know we represent everyone's opinion i don't care what your stance is when it comes to the political status of puerto rico if you're for statehood independence commonwealth or if you don't even have a, a stake in the argument um so we want to just be sure that we're representing everyone's and the reality is there are a good chunk of puerto ricans that prefer the navy blue or there's a chunk that prefer the prefer the light blue or with today's younger generation that have been fighting corruption in Puerto Rico and independence, there's uh, a movement for the black and white. Um, so our thing is you display what makes you happy. You display what you stand for. At the end of the day, you know, we're keeping Puerto Rico front and center. And that's what, and that's my thing. If you want to have a debate publicly, 
that's fine because that means we're not actually talking about Puerto Rico, right? So either way, you know, I don't care what you stand for. The fact that we're having that debate, it's front and center. We're continuing to have Puerto Rico in the in the media. I'm fine with it, but you know, we're going to continue to to put forth everyone's. Um, you know, um, point of view. And to Tiana's point, that's on full display at our flag raising ceremony, which will be Thursday, August 10th at 12 p.m. on the New Haven Green. Excellent. Um, I'm so glad you shouted that out. You know, uh, it's, it all, it's a segue. Just it goes right into the, I you know. It. But yeah, we'll have the light blue flag, which is what we typically raise, but at, at City Hall and government buildings, because in, in Puerto Rico, most um statewide facilities do have the navy blue but believe it or not there's some local municipal governments that actually fly the baby blue um so it really depends on who's in power in puerto rico um but out of respect to all points of views again we put all flags forward yeah so i, I want to ask before we run out of time because the show grew out of talking to artists um in the like deep deep lockdown of the covid pandemic and I always want to hear from people what they do to care for themselves, because I think especially like for both of you as board members at PRU, I mean, like, yes, maybe that is feeding something in your soul, but also you you spend a lot of time taking care of other people and making sure other people are celebrating and are experiencing arts and culture. So, I, Joe, you mentioned it, I think, before we were on the air. I know we just started uh, a Velo just started. I had no part in it. Um, Avila just started flights to San Juan that are starting November 15th. Um, so like for both of you, what do you do to kick back and relax? Maybe it's getting on a plane to Puerto Rico. Maybe it's going to the beach for an afternoon or reading a book or I don't know, like uh, eating, eating something, cooking something. Me first though? I go camping. Um, my off the radar time, as Joe likes to call it, is when I go camping. I literally let everyone know I'll be up in Vermont for a week or I'll be in New Hampshire. And most of the time I won't have service. So you can try, but you won't you won't be able to reach me. That's I need that. And I do all of that, Lucy. I lay in my hammock. I read. I'll go kayaking, you know, um, yeah, just relax and try to decompress and just Remind myself why I do the things I do, right? Sometimes you have to like let go. Um, sometimes a lot of us, we hear or deal with a lot of people's problems. You know, it could be just anyone, just their story might, their, their story might touch me in a way that could affect me. So sometimes I just need time to release, release all of the, the stuff and come back refreshed and renewed and ready to tackle. <laughs> And for those who think they are avid campers, you are not an avid camper unless you talk to Tiana. Because I, when I mean she goes off the grid, she goes off the grid. There's no log cabin. There's no restroom facility. Like, she literally goes camping, camping. <laughs> so shout out to her, because I don't think I can do that. <laughs> no, that, I'm, I'm not good at that. Yeah, I do disperse like tent camping. Like I bring an axe, I bring my own um, facilities and water. You have to bring everything with you, everything. So Joe, maybe not camping. Maybe that's not the way you kick back. Not for me, no. Um, so I love live music. Um, I, I love, and and as some of the 
maybe art lovers who are listening know. Um, I am often seen at, you know, the Arts and Ideas Festival. I went to some of the pop-up festivals that we had, uh, the Hamden Connecticut Summer Concert Series, or any of our statewide Puerto Rican festivals that occur. I love live music. So my daughter and I will literally, um, you know, pack a cooler, some chairs, and we literally will just drive to a outdoor festival and just take in the music and relax. Um, I do love going to Puerto Rico. I do try to go to Puerto Rico, you know, two times, if not more a year. Um, it depends on the schedule. Um, but traveling to La Isla, going to outdoor concerts, um, so yeah, no, uh, I love in, in all genres of music too, and not just you know Latin music, which is on full display at the August twelfth. But you know, um, you know anything from Paul McCartney, the Beatles, to Bon Jovi, to Bruno Mars, to Mark Anthony. So I, I love it all. What concert did you go to yesterday, Joe? Oh man, <laughs> I took my daughter to her first concert yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. And it was. Um, oh Lord, it was a Cape pop Town. artist, Cave Town. Cave Town, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I thought you were gonna say I I thought I really thought you were gonna say Beyonce, and I was gonna be like, wow, that is no, it's a uh, uh Cave Town and um Ricky Montgomery. She's never gonna forget that. You always remember your first concert. Hell, I even will remember yeah. who Cape Town and Ricky Montgomery is. I have one of the tunes stuck in my head that I can't, I can't take out. So oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Both of the board members and I are convinced that there's two of Joe, at least. Oh, I like don't know five. Who. There are like five of him. How does he find the time? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I also said this when we were off the air during the gala last week that Pierre you had that was so beautiful. A colleague turned to me when Joe was speaking and said, does he sleep? And I was like, I don't know. Yes. I honestly, I'm not sure. I've been blessed. Like I've been blessed over my career. I have an uh, amazing um you know, job uh, during the day um, with a boss who believes in me and and what we're doing within the community, which indirectly all aligns. Um, but I also, you know, um, we've been getting so much support from the broader community. And the least we can do if folks are taking the time to enjoy our events and come to the festival, come to our galas, come to our cultural events, the least I can do um is reciprocate that and, and show love which is why you know i i went to the you know dick swell um pop-up which is why i went to the fairhaven pop-up i would uh, you know because they're coming to our events showing us love so i have to show them love um and again keep that bridge open right yes i agree with all of those things and and also i'm wishing both of you like rest and sleep um because that's that's important to the 12th though after the 12th (laughs) 12th. you gotta hit your z's so i i want to say before we're off the air this has been arts respond on wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven i have been very lucky today to be joined by joe rodriguez and tiana ocasio of puerto ricans united
Project, or PRU, and we have been talking about a lot of things, the work that PRU does in the community, but especially the 2023 Puerto Rican Festival of New Haven, which is taking place Saturday, August 12th, from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the historic New Haven Green. If you want a little taste before that, the flag raising is Thursday, August, oh, I'm trying to do reporter math, 10th, um, at, you said 12 or 1230? No, we'll be raising Noon. the flag. Yeah, on, on the green, big flagpole on the green. You can't miss it. So come, come by, certainly like swing by to that or admire the beautiful flag as it flaps over the New Haven green. But please come to the festival on August 12th. It's such a good time. I think I've come like four or five years in a row. And it really is one of the best events of the year. Um, I'm sure some people listening just got mad at me for saying that. No, it's true. It's true. It's joyful. It's beautiful. Um, there are folks who come back to dance every year, which is one of my favorite things in the world. There's a guy who brings his maracas and it's the same maracas every year. And he stands in front of the stage and he dances for eight hours. I don't think he even takes a bathroom break. Um, so yeah, come, come to the festival. It's an amazing time. There's good food. There's really good music. Um, you can also like probably get your health checked out, which is really wonderful and get some free swag always. Um, it's, it's a great time. Tiana and Joe, thank you so much for joining me here on WNHH. Have a beautiful weekend. And Joe, I know you said you're not going to sleep until after the 12th, but please sleep a little. It, it will make my mm -hmm. heart feel better. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank Bye you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.